Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Girls Take on Law. A little disclaimer for today's episode is that if we sound a little bit like morning voice or a little bit groggy, we're actually re-recording this episode at seven in the morning on a Sunday. The first episode, the audio just wasn't great and we weren't happy with it. So here we are ready to record again and we hope it's just going to turn out so much better. So anyway, Lauren, how's your week been apart from this? (laughs) Apart from having to get up this early, um, my week's been really good actually I feel like I have a little like announcement you have a little story to share don't you (laughs) I do honestly guys I don't even know who listens to this podcast but I just feel like I owe it to you all to be (laughs) such a be truthful I have a little confession to make so you know if anyone listened to last week's episode I was very kind of like I love being single I'm anti-dating I'm never gonna go on a date for ages you know that kind of you definitely would have got that vibe anyway I actually went on a few dates she went on a few dates guys she did (laughs) I love it though I'm here for it it's been so much fun I've had the best time and it's going really well I'll have to keep you guys updated but oh my goodness I really didn't want him to listen to the podcast last week so I just you know it doesn't look like I'm pro dating him um and we just you know sat having a little chill and he somehow came into conversation and then I was like yeah don't listen to the podcast and he was like yeah I did this morning Lauren I was like oh my goodness (gasps) oh my goodness no I can't with that I can't I I yeah that would stress me out I'm so glad it didn't put him off but oh my goodness I I can cope I think I'd be like can the ground swallow me up right now (laughs) just a little bit of background guys so it makes sense it was a little bit out of the blue this happened but I used to do law with him at uni so we just sort of reconnected and thought we'd give it a try so I'll have to keep you guys updated I love it guys I will make sure she keeps us updated I'll make sure we get the gossip week in week out Um, But anyway, (laughs) today's episode, we are going to be talking all about competition, assessment centres, how to succeed in, you know, video interviews, the assessment centre day itself. So there's going to be lots of tips and tricks and hints and advice. So grab a pen and paper if you want to, because hopefully this can really help you prep for your day when you've got one coming up. So yeah, let's get straight into it. Lauren, do you want to read the dilemma? Yeah, absolutely. So guys, I really hope this is a valuable episode for you. So let's get into it. The dilemma says, Hey Lauren and Gabrielle, I just wanted to ask you both how you deal with the fear of competition while trying to be successful in gaining a training contract. The process and the legal profession is super competitive and I'm worried about how I stand out compared to other candidates. Any tips and advice would be really useful, especially because TC application is in full swing and assessment centres are around the corner. I think this is a really interesting dilemma and something that I'm really glad we've had sent in because I think competition is such a big fear and such a big part of everyone thought process when it comes to assessment centres and yes technically you are against all these people but if you go into that mindset of like being in the competition and focusing on what everyone else is going on about and what everyone else kind of like has about them 
I think that can come across really negatively towards recruiters on the day. And I think in some ways it can actually hinder you as opposed to helping you. So I think one thing we want to really get across in this episode is try and sort of how to negate that and, you know, really focus on yourself instead of what everyone else is doing. Definitely. I think don't fall into the trap of this whole competition vibe and that kind of nature, because I do think some people go into the day and they're more focused on the people around them and what they've done. So they're in the mindset of, oh, they've done this, so they're automatically better than I am, or, oh, they've not done their LPC, but I have, so, you know, hopefully I look better than them. And it's this comparison culture that's just so toxic. And as you say, Lauren, recruiters hate it, like it will not make you look good and it won't help you on the day in any way, shape or form. It's just not, it's just not worth going in with that mindset at all. Definitely. And I think it's, what's really interesting is actually, you don't know what the recruiters are looking for. At the end of the day, lots of people that get to this assessment center round, most of them have good grades or probably all of them. If you're doing a law degree in the first place, you probably all got good grades, probably all got that two one you know you've all got bits of work experience etc etc they're actually going to be looking for those other things you know I mean Gabrielle talk about this all the time but being personable I think is so so important and I think it's something that a lot of people don't actually realize is really important to bring to the day so I think there's almost needs to be less of a focus on actually your your like education and experiences and everything else about you because I don't think there's any right or wrong way I'm going to say the same phrase it is what you bring to the table you need to back yourself you need to come across as your best self on the day you need to be confident you need to be friendly be personable and just have that positive energy that those recruiters are looking for that you know they know that you really want to be there and you really want to work for that firm and I think thinking about others is just really wasted energy 100% you should definitely go in and instead as Lauren says use that energy to reflect on why you're the great candidate and why you should be there and why you deserve it because by doing that you'll then come across as the best version of yourself as I mean Lauren loves this phrase and she tells me all the time and I actually kind of live by it now (laughs) is that she says you have to back yourself because if you won't then no one else will so you know if you're ever thinking oh should I share this achievement or should I do this or think that always the answer is yes like back yourself you're amazing so just like obviously not in an arrogant way but you have to believe in yourself to allow others to do so as well and also just following on from Lauren's point about being personable it's so true like someone could have the most insane CV they could have all the gear they could have every single thing that you've ever dreamt of written on their CV but they could have no idea how to carry themselves you know they could be nervous in interviews they could have no confidence they could have those competitive vibes that we're talking about and they could generally just not fit the firm as well whereas on the other side of it you could you know not have as much on your CV not have as much experience but you could be so personable you could get on with all the partners the recruiters you could be networking with the trainees and leaving a really good impression and it's one of those things that you could actually then be successful and the other person won't be all down to how you come across on the day so you just have to focus on yourself on these assessment centers because what you do is the only thing that matters like it does not matter what anyone around you is doing so really try and channel that have your blinkers on and just you know, go for gold. You've got this. Anyone who has assessment centers coming up, just focus on you. Do your research, be prepared, and do not worry about what anyone else is doing around you. You've got this. Definitely. Right, guys, so now we're actually going to talk about the assessment center itself, and we're going to go into all the different tasks that you can have throughout the day, our hints and tips, and just kind of give you guys every single piece of advice and knowledge that we have that hopefully you can take with you to be successful on your days. So Lauren, did you want to talk about your experience of an assessment centre and just kind of what you had to do on the day before you got your TC? Yeah, absolutely. So I apologise in advance, guys, that this was over two years ago now. So I've been trying to rack my brains as best as I could to make sure I can give you guys an as accurate representation of my day as possible. But mine was quite different to Gabrielle's. So I had a full day. In the morning, I had a four hour in-tray exercise where I basically had to do sort of different tasks and decide myself what I thought was the best order for them to be in and then over lunch we kind of had sort of like you know the standard buffet lunch Um, so just a disclaimer actually guys because mine was two years ago I did actually do mine in person so I know a lot of them are virtual right now but if you keep listening to this episode Gabrielle has loads of virtual tips to come on that but in terms of yes we had a networking kind of lunch with partners other people in the firm and it meant that we could kind of get to know the other people 
people on the day that might not have been in our group sessions, but we also got to know the firm quite a little bit more. And I think we had a couple of presentations from the partners and, you know, the people in the firm. And then in the afternoon, I had two different interviews. So I had one, which was kind of just a standard CV based interview. And then the second one I had was basically going over what we'd done um, in the morning in the intro exercise. And oh my goodness, guys, that was so tough. Everything else I say was probably kind of fine, expected, but they just absolutely just ripped to shreds anything that you did. But luckily for me, I'm actually quite a calm person. Like I, I genuinely don't really get like riled up that easily. You know, I'm, I think I'm quite good under pressure because at the end of the day with the intro exercise, they didn't actually really care how you did the different tasks. Like you are not qualified yet. You're going to get things wrong. They deliberately made things impossible and things really hard, but you had to be able to back yourself and be willing to sort of like stand your ground and, you know, say, why did I do this? They just want to understand your reasoning your problem solving and it's something you know i love problem solving so something that i could actually come across and say quite well but i won't lie guys there was at least one girl that did come out of that crying it was quite intense so hopefully a lot of you will have been in this scenario before and if you haven't just stay really calm know in the back of your mind that they're not expecting you to get everything right and just you know explain your reasoning explain why you thought that was the way to do it and we're going to give some more tips a little bit later on actually what probably is the best Best kind of route to do it because I know a lot of people won't have had that kind of scenario before but Gabrielle how about yours I know yours is quite different to mine yeah so a bit like Lauren said that I did have one a couple of years ago that was in person with Shoesmiths and then I had one last year that was my virtual assessment center with Shoesmiths and that was my successful one so hopefully I can give you guys some hints and some tips of kind of both of them because I'm sure assessment centers will go back to being in person but the likelihood is this year there probably will be quite a few virtual ones still so yeah in terms of the day itself though they were set up pretty much the same way it was just that obviously one was in person one wasn't so we arrived on the day and it was a full day you know get there for about nine ten o'clock and we'd sort of finish around like four so yeah we would all turn up network whilst everyone was arriving and then you'll go into a room whether that's virtual or you know an actual room and we just had an introduction to the day got given our timetables kind of was told the layout of what was going to be happening so my first thing on the day was a group task and we'll go into more depth about what we actually had to do and some advice and tips um in a moment but yeah so i had to do a group task and then we went into a room and got given lots of documents to prepare for a presentation so then within that presentation you would go into a room with two partners and you would have to present for five minutes with sort of no notes just kind of go in and do what you can and it was very strict that you had to be five minutes if you did go over it was almost like a red a red cross like you can't manage your time you're not going to get the training contract so that was something to really keep an eye on and then once you finish presenting you would have your interview with the same two partners so obviously they would say like thanks so much like thanks for that presentation let's get into the interview so that was probably around an hour the interview you know kind of based on competency questions we'll go into more depth in a moment about that and then finally it was a written task and intro exercises so a bit similar to what Lauren had we had so many different tasks to do to try and get them done that involved things like drafting or spelling errors you know prioritization tasks and then you know throughout the day we did have parts of it that weren't assessed um you know things like network working with the trainees or we had lunches like a buffet lunch so those are times when although you're not being assessed you are still being watched you know so don't go into those situations and fall off the trap like okay relax you know you still have to be presenting yourself well you still need to make sure you're chatting to people you're smiley you're professional because that could save you at the end of the day when everyone comes together to decide who gets the TC or not because if you had a task that didn't go as well as something else but you have someone in that room that is saying oh well I actually chatted to them and they were so impressive you know they talked about this they asked me a question on that that could genuinely be your lifeline that gets you that TC so although they tell you it's not assessed do not fall into the trap of not performing well. You just have to keep it up throughout the whole day. And yes, they are exhausting days. You know, I came out of mine with 
absolute massive headache. You know, I'd been concentrating, my jaw was killing me, the amount of smiling that you do. I think my cheeks and my jaw were, they were ready for, you know, a week's annual leave. It was too much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, now we'll go through each task and everything we had to do on the day and just give you massive tips and advice and definitely things what not to do because there are some massive big red crosses that people do end up doing that just will not help you. We'll start off with interviews. I think that's quite a big chunky one. You know, there's things like virtual interviews, people have video interviews, you know, before their assessment centre. And then obviously on the day you have the actual interview with a partner or with HR or someone. So yeah, Lauren, do you want to start off and give us give us your best tips? Yeah, so I think this is a really important topic and I think we've touched on it a little bit of episodes before, but never particularly massively. Um, so interviews, my top what would my top tips be? Okay, my first one that I th- I think is really obvious, but the amount of people I see that it, people clearly just ignore is actually how you present yourself and actually looking smart. You would be shocked the amount of people that rock up to interviews and, you know, had and leggings or you know jumper and jeans if you're coming to assessment center virtual or not you need to present yourself really well we talked about this before haven't we that they make their mind up about you sort of like first impressions isn't it in like the first 30 seconds Yeah, there's a saying, I can't think what it is, but it's that, yeah, your first impression of someone is made within so many seconds or minutes. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it is so true. Like that does happen. But it is like you want when you're walking in or you're turning your camera on on that virtual interview for the first time, you want to be smiley, you want to be dressed smart. If it is virtual, you make sure you've got your blazer on, iron shirt, you know, you want to be looking the part. This is a really important day for you. This could be the sort of like decided if you're coming across even if you're like the most enthusiastic person that attitude of not dressing properly I think can sometimes look like you don't care even if you do so that would be like one of my number one top tips is always make sure you're dressed appropriately you've got a big smile on your face you're making that small talk when you start the interview you're making sure you look like you really want to be there I think that's so so important I can't stress it enough I think another tip of mine is also and we say this a lot preparation is key and I again cannot stress how important it is to actually prepare and actually know the firm inside out that you're applying to I mean I've done some interviews recently and one of the key questions we always ask is what do you know about this company you would be shocked at the amount of people that clearly haven't researched the firm well and just think about how much effort you've already put in to probably get to the assessment center you need to be on your game you don't want to be falling down on the small point like what do you know about this firm there's so many different ways that you can research you can talk to partners you can talk to trainees you know boost those LinkedIn connections reach out to people quite often you can literally just search in the LinkedIn bar future trainee at blah blah whatever firm you're applying for or trainee at whatever firm you're applying for reach out send them a connection send them a message lots of people are willing to help you but you need to like think about those other avenues of how you can understand the day understand what they're looking for you can't just get on the company's website think outside the box that would be another top tip of mine and when we're talking kind of about preparation everyone has different styles of um, preparation and Gabrielle's going to tell you a really cool way that she does that in a second but in terms of how I do mine I literally will find I will I have like a master document of so probably at least a hundred different questions I've already answered you know in my like interview prep days and then based on sort of the kind of individual firm that I would be applying for I would then like go through and actually tailor those answers so I'll have like different sections you've got like kind of like my top section might be those really basic questions you almost always get asked like why law why this firm you know those kind of ones and then I might have some commercial awareness questions thinking on a whole range of different topics like law and technology Brexit COVID and the, like the future working world you know all those kind of different questions and then I'd probably have some competency-based questions if you're not sure about those kind of like tell me a time you did something well or tell me a time that something went wrong you know those kind of scenario questions they pretty much always come up at kind of all legal interviews so you want to be prepared and you want to have thought of interview questions for that and then we we touched on this briefly um i think it's in maybe episode four or five and um, those kind of random questions you know 
who's your hero what's your favorite karaoke song you know those really random but bizarre questions that interviewers love to ask so that's how personally i would do it so that i i go in feeling really prepared and probably my final tip before i hand over to gabrielle would be mock interviews i swear by mock interviews. I think everyone before any interview should always try and have a mock interview. And um, we have an amazing lady called Ellen. I think I've mentioned her before. That is kind of like the employability lady back when I went to university and I stayed in touch with her. I mean, I was emailing her earlier this week, just kind of having a catch up. I'd email her and just ask her if we could do a mock interview before any interview I've, I've ever had really. And just, she would fire questions at me. because so I think, but people don't always realize is yes, you might have done all that prep, but it's very different having an answer in your head than to saying an answer out loud. I don't know if you find that, Gabrielle, but there's just there's just something different. So that level of preparedness, I think, makes all the difference because you almost get those nervous, not really sure what to say on those kind of simple or like very standard questions out the way. So that when you get asked them again in the actual interview, you're not sort of as rusty or, you know, you just sound, you come across so much more prepared and confident. So Gabrielle, what are your tips? Okay. So I feel like I have quite a few. One thing I would say is that I do think interviews are, I don't want to say my favorite part of the day. That sounds really like, I love interviews um but no I do feel like interviews are probably <laughs> one of my like strongest parts of the day I feel like my feedback was always that yeah I feel like the feedback's always just like the interviews were the best bit you know that was probably my highest scoring part of the day on my assessment center and all your tips are so so true can't back them enough more like really guys do listen to those in terms of yeah the competencies and planning for those one thing that I do is I get a piece of paper and I have kind of split it up into three sections and have one kind of as like work experience, you know, one as, you know, hobbies, extracurricular, and then you can have another one as whether that's charity events or pro bono, you know, kind of things that aren't necessarily your hobbies, but they are, you know, extra things that you do. And anything that you add into those, just list the competencies that they bring to the table. <laughs> There's that phrase again. Um, but, you know, so for example, on the left side, I would have the work I've done at Shoesmiths or Pizza Hut, something like that. And I'd have listed next to it, you know, teamwork, time management, you know, what whatever it was that my experience gave me. And then for example, in hobbies, I would have, you know, dance or when I cycled from London to Paris and that would have, you know, resilience or, you know, there's numerous different competencies that those had, but I think that's a great way for on the day and before when you're prepping, you can just look at one A4 piece of paper, you're aware of what you've done, you're aware of what those did for you and what skills they gave you. So as soon as you are asked those competency questions, you know, you have in your mind so many different examples that you can reel off straight away and in my interview we actually ours was cv blind so the partners that i had had no idea like what i'd done any of my previous life i guess they just knew nothing so we basically had to go in and anything that we wanted them to know or we wanted to talk about we had to bring it up ourselves and speak about it and a bit similar to what lauren said in the sense of practicing and mock interviews is that yes it's brilliant to prepare answers but you don't want to script it too much to the point that when you're replying in an interview you sound like a robot and you sound like you're you know reading off a script essentially so definitely try and do this bullet point method and do that mixing in with Lauren's mock interviews because the more you do it the more you'll realize what you want to say and it will come across much more naturally and you know if you can't find someone to practice with talk to yourself and that sounds absolutely bizarre and you'll probably feel weird for doing it but the more you talk to yourself and the more you just talk about a scenario for example in my head I used to go say right imagine Imagine I've been asked a question on this. Okay, now talk about London to Paris for two minutes. And I would talk about it in a way that described what skills it had, what it taught me, how will it help me, you know, as a trainee solicitor and in my career onwards. And the more you do these practices, the better you'll get at answering those questions and being able to talk about- here. Super, super quickly, just gonna butt in and suggest that um, what I always used to do was you can record yourself on your phone and listen to it back. Yeah, that is such a good tip. Always record yourself. And also, you know, with your laptop, your phone, anything that you can record yourself with and watch yourself and it feels awkward okay it feels so weird to do but if you are doing virtual interviews and virtual assessment centers it is not normal to talk to a webcam and you do not want to leave that until the day because I promise you it will not come across natural and well one huge top tip that I always say is look into the camera like do not look at the screen because 
although yes for you you're looking at the partners and you think that's eye contact for them you're actually looking down and you're not actually paying attention to them and engaging well it doesn't look like it anyway so that's another top tip it feels weird but just look directly at that little circle camera at the top in terms of video interviews though if you do want more tips on actual kind of how to come across in a video interview as opposed to the content that we're talking about now i do have a post on my instagram so feel free to have a look at that but yeah back to the whole competency thing that was a great little interlude though also be prepared for questions that are negative so you know when things don't go well when you didn't achieve something because the interviewer will ask these things to you know, try and throw you off your game because, you know, you kind of think they want to know everything that you've achieved and done well, but actually, no, they want to see if you are resilient, if you are determined, if you will go the extra mile and what you will do when things go wrong, because that happens in practice all the time. You know, there'll be pieces of work that you do wrong. There'll be a deal that goes completely wrong and that could be your fault but it could be completely out of your control and it could be the other side's fault it could genuinely be anything so they want to know that you can keep going you can find solutions and that you know you can just demonstrate this resilience as a trainee in your career so essentially turn that negative into a positive talk about what it taught you talk about okay this is how we came back from it I think that's really important to note is that negative questions will come up so just be aware of that and expect the unexpected and then yeah in terms of interviewers themselves another tip I would say is if you know who is interviewing you really try and do your research on them and you know the work they do the deals they've been involved in you know they might have had a promotion recently anything because if you actually know a little bit about them you can ask them questions you know they've worked so hard to get to where they are in life so they're more than happy to talk about it you know their favorite deal how they got to where they got if you know if they love working at the firm were they anywhere else beforehand and why did they move you know all these different things you can ask about they are more than happy to talk to you and it will make you look like you know you're interested you're keen it will give off such a good impression and okay even if you're not asking them about their personal things a huge top tip which me and Lauren cannot stress enough like genuinely hand on heart if you're going to take anything away from this episode please take this away is that at the end of your interview you have to ask at least two questions if you are not asking a question and you sit there and say nope got nothing to ask they will literally put a line through your name and it will be a miracle if you get that job because I can tell you now you've not worked for that firm and if you have the role you're going for you don't know anything about because you're not in that role yet so you there is no way that you know everything about it so they're going to be shocked if you don't have questions even okay even if you've done your research okay and you know the answer to your question it does not matter like please just ask the question absolutely anything you know whether it's the culture of the firm the progression of the firm you know if it's an assessment center you can ask about can i go on some comments there's so many things like lauren surely you must have asked questions as well like wh what sort of things did you ask i actually have a question that is one of my favorite questions i've ever asked and whenever i've asked it i've always had really really positive feedback from it and as Gabrielle said everyone loves to talk about themselves and you know to give those little nuggets of advice feel like they're being like a little bit of a mentor and the question I'm, I'm trying to think of the wording now but so when I was doing my training contract application cycle um I think I was 21 and my question always was oh sorry one of my questions because I always asked a few was if you were sat here now at 21 and you're applying for training contracts what do you wish you'd known or something along those lines I can't remember Ooh, exactly I like what it I'll have to find it. No, that's um, yeah, good though. It was it was always so well received. And to be fair, the the advice I always got was so interesting as well. So I think it was one of those two way things. Like they really liked the question, but I always also gained quite a lot from it as well. Because you know, I think it's always interesting to hear what people would have done differently or if they have any regrets. So you know, those little nuggets of advice I think are so 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 valuable from people above you and who have been in that position. So yeah, that was always my question or my favorite question. Oh, love that. And I think another thing like to kind of point out with all of these questions that we're saying and all these tips is that 
a huge thing is remember that these partners and I mean they might not be partners I'm just going to disclaim that you could have interviewers that are solicitors that are from HR you know it could be anyone but the main thing to point out is that remember that they are normal people it's very easy to feel intimidated but please try and not to because you will go in there if you are intimidated and you will come across very sort of nervy and you know it just won't make you sound as confident and as well received than as if you go in and just think okay they're normal people you know be friendly be polite be professional but as we said before being personable is so much better like if you can have a laugh and a joke with them and some of you might be listening thinking what like there's no way you can have a laugh on an assessment center but you genuinely can like I sat in my interview and the two partners we actually had quite a laugh and a joke about a couple different things whether that was there was an experience that I was explaining um some crazy challenge that I did and we ended up having a bit of a laugh a couple of times and it just created that rapport a little bit better it made me feel more at ease you know you don't have to be a robot and if anything they might prefer you when you come across a bit you know laughing that you are a person because they want to know that you fit in with that firm and I guess this is a whole sidetrack that me and Lauren did want to kind of fit in and talk about is that when you are researching these firms you want to make sure that you do fit in because if you're going to a firm that you are very intimidated by and that you're having to put on a persona to feel like you fit in there then maybe that firm isn't for you and that's okay like you don't you're not ever going to fit every single firm you know you want to walk into an assessment center and be confident in who you are be confident in who the firm is and the fact that both of your values and your morals match up you know you don't want to go somewhere and pretend to be someone else for two years or you know you get the job because you manage to portray you that you're you know some type of way but then for two years you're in that job muting yourself and not being who you really are like that's not what you want to happen that's not a good scenario at all so you know really really do your research and if a big firm that everyone you know is kind of pressuring you to apply to isn't for you that's okay if high street's for you then you know go for high street go for national go for international go for magic circle you know there's no right or wrong answer it's genuinely what's best for you and if you're in the place that is for you then you are going to come across as your best self and you know you'll be able to fit in the firm without you know any effort you know it'll be effortless to go in and chat to people so I think that's a huge top tip as well is just to make sure you are turning up to these assessment centers that are fully for you and not for someone else you know yeah absolutely I think that's a really important point I was actually reviewing an application for someone for Morrison's this week for a training contract and don't get me wrong the girl's answer she wrote some really really great answers there were some difficult questions on there but when I was giving her her feedback it was so interesting because I personally even just from reading her responses which by the way were very very good I, they were, I was so so impressed with the content of actually what she wrote but when I'm reading it I was like do you really want to work at Morrison's because you're you what you're saying doesn't kind of suggest that you do so she um had a kind of love of domestic violence law it was something she was really passionate about and also family law and you and just had quite a lot of experience and she could you could see that she really wanted to work for that kind of firm you know something that specialized in that and that she could continue growing that as her specialism but none of her answers came across and like she wanted to work at Morrison's and you know her responses hadn't actually taken into account like Morrison's values and what what they wanted sort of like from a candidate so regardless of her having actually amazing answers to these kind of actually quite difficult questions they the two just didn't marry up and I said that to her and she's she kind of understood and I think that's really interesting because we've I think we touched on this very briefly earlier but comparison culture is a real thing and I think people think that you just have to apply for all these big firms because that's what your friends are doing or that's what everyone on social media is doing and actually are those firms right for you or are you just applying to them because that's another firm applied for you know when i was reviewing this application i i couldn't see from her answer where she'd genuinely researched morrison's inside and out and could genuinely talk about those values and you know i'm sure she's gonna make an amazing trainee like she has loads of experience she's she's really sure on what she wants and she does she does so many cool things but you know just maybe Morrison's wasn't right for her but I think that's really important to talk about because that if I can see that from someone's application the recruiters are going to see through that straight away so 
as we said before, that preparation, making sure that you're tailoring your application to the firm you're applying for is so, so important. Definitely. And it's one of those things that then when you come to the assessment centre or an actual interview itself, you know, that's when you could be caught out. For example, her answers on paper, as you say, are absolutely amazing. But if they're not marrying up with Morrison's, for example, if she went into that interview and Morrison's asked questions about sort of working for them and why do you want to be at Morrison's? Because that's always a key question, like why this firm or why this company? You know, that's when you can get a bit stuck if really hand on heart that company or firm isn't for you. So being somewhere, as we keep saying, that you know is for you, you'll genuinely be able to answer the interview questions much better and, you know, come across genuine. Like people will see whether you do actually want to be there or not. So yeah, I think that's just a great tip to finish off on with interviews. So next we're going to go on to presentations. Um, I'm going to sit this one out because on my assessment centre, I actually didn't do a presentation. So I don't want to kind of weigh in on something I've not done. But Gabrielle, I'd love to hear about your presentation. <laughs> okay, so in terms of presentation, these I think kind of panic everybody because they think, is it about a huge legal topic? Is it about something I'm not going to have a clue about? And I do think people really worry and fret about the presentation. And, you know, granted, I did the exact same. I panicked, I freaked out. Um, but what happened with mine is normally with Shoesmiths, they used to back in the day, um, I say back in the day like it was years ago, um, I think it was like, when was mine? Mine must have been three years ago. So I'd say and mine was the first year that it changed. So four years ago, they used to allow you to prep for your presentation before the day. So they would kind of email you a topic or what it had to be on and you would prepare for it and do handouts and you would kind of turn it for the day ready. Whereas when I did my first ever one, they changed it so that you get your materials and you prepare for 45 minutes on that day. So what we basically did is, again, the two were the exact same. The first one I did and the second in that sense is that you were either given or emailed a huge pack of documents, you know, a very intimidating pack that I thought, how am I going to read all of this and prep in 45 minutes? But first and foremost is that the topic itself isn't necessarily about law. So the first one I did, it was about, we were just a firm. So like I was representing firm and I was kind of doing a presentation to a client to kind of pitch why they should choose us like as their solicitors. So it's kind of like a tender where you are fighting to, you know, have the post. And then my second one, was totally different. So the one I did virtual, it was actually a whole presentation on working from home and going back into the office and kind of the pros and cons of both and what is best for companies, what's best for people. Is it going to be one or the other? Will it be a balance? It was kind of a whole presentation on that. And I think one thing to note is remember guys that it's not necessarily going to be about a complex legal topic because there are people on the day that are career changers that haven't done you know the LPC yet they might not have done the GDL and they're coming from you know a history degree for example so don't fret that it will be about a legal complex scenario because they can't necessarily do that because not everyone on the day that they invite to the assessment centres have actually studied law like it just doesn't happen like it's it's not the case so that's one thing to note is don't fret about that but also expect the unexpected like it can genuinely be about anything so in terms of tips what I would say is that when you are given these packs and these documents do not feel that you have to read every single thing because my downfall and my mistake that I made on the first one is that I read every single word on those documents like I read everything I skim read it but I felt like I had to and I needed all that information and then my next mistake that I did was that I wrote down my whole presentation like I almost scripted it so I had two sides of A4 and they were covered front to back in in words now I've spoke about this before and I do have a photographic memory however the stress to learn that off by heart was just on another level so we had time to prep for the presentation and then we went on lunch before we did the actual presentation so there I was on lunch trying to network you know when as I spoke about before you are technically being assessed even if you're not being assessed formally and there I am chatting to people but in my plastic wallet next to me I've got my presentation and I'm you know looking down I'm trying to read it I know that I've got to do this in the next 20 minutes and I'm freaking out and then in my presentation I probably did not come across natural at all I was probably thinking more about what the next word was that I had to say as opposed to you know how I was coming across and what I was actually saying so that's something that I've really sort of took on board and learned from so when I did my assessment centre last year 
and we got given the topic, I thought, right, do you know what? I actually have a lot of knowledge on this topic already. You know, I have an office job. I go into the office every now and again. I work from home. Like I have my own views and opinions. So I didn't read the whole pack and you don't have to read the whole pack. You know, that pack is just there for if you have zero knowledge whatsoever. So, you know, I think I picked out some statistics from it. I picked out a few points on certain topics that, you know, I had to pick from. And then in terms of prepping for the presentation within that 45 minutes is I bullet pointed so I wrote every heading and question that they said, you know, you have to include this mini subject within, you know, the presentation, whether that be pros, whether that be cons, whether that be how it is great for companies or how it's great for this or that, you know, there was a few different things you had to discuss within the presentation. So what I did is I genuinely just wrote bullet points next to each thing that had little prompts of what I wanted to talk about, but I knew what I was going to say. You know, I had an idea and I got into that presentation and I went through from beginning to end. I introduced it. I had prompts and I, at the end said, thank you for listening, like any questions. And it went so much smoother and so much more natural than you could imagine by doing it like that. So there is a thing as being overprepared and it sometimes does not help you. So that's another tip. And then my final one on presentations is keep an eye on the time. And I touched on this earlier, but ours were five minute stints. Like you had to do your presentation in five minutes. That was your time frame. And when you started, some people you know, don't look at the clock and they just start and get going. And then as they talk, they think, oh my goodness, when did I start? What's the time? So I looked at the time straight away. And I think as I was saying, you know, thank you so much for listening. Any questions? I just hit five minutes and I stopped to the point that the partners went, oh my God, wow, that was exactly five minutes. Like that was amazing. And this relief I felt, I can't even tell you, like I, I kind of, it was like a weight completely lifted off my shoulder. I felt like I was floating, flying, you name it. I just felt incredible for just reaching that five minutes. You know, the presentation could have gone awful. I mean, it didn't, but it could have gone and I wouldn't have cared. I just was so glad that I hit that five minutes. And that's a great thing about it being virtual is, you know, you have the clock right next to you that you can just move your eyes and they won't really tell. You can just quickly look and, you know, perfect. And if you're doing it in person, they will put a clock in your room. You know, that could be on the wall. So, this sounds really silly and I don't mean to be patronising, but just make sure that you can read um, an analogue clock, but also a digital clock because, you know, some people can't and genuinely I've spoke to people that weren't sure and that panicked them on the day. So just make sure that you can just so that you can keep an eye. And if you do struggle with one or the other, you know, have a watch that has your preference on it because they would rather you look and keep within the time than not look at all and go over by three, four minutes because I promise you that it will be unlikely that you get that TC if you have run over that much time because it just shows that you don't have time management skills at all. So yeah, that was kind of my top tips on presentations really is just be yourself, be natural and don't stress about the amount of paperwork that you are given. I think that's so helpful, especially hearing kind of like where you went wrong as well because I think when you're looking at all those posts and articles of, you know, how to do well on a kind of assessment centre or whatever, I think a lot of people only sort of like highlight the positives. So I think it's really interesting to hear sort of like when people went wrong as well. I think that's really helpful. Should we go on to in-tray exercises? Do you want to, should I, I guess you've probably spoken for quite a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, you go, you give your tips. <laughs> yeah, I'll give, I'll go for it. So I mentioned um, the intro exercise before. Mine was, I want to say about four hours. We had a number of different tasks and it was kind of like a huge range of tasks from kind of admin to sort of like write a memo, do a bit of research. They gave us way too much to actually achieve in the time. So the whole point um, our intro exercise was based on prioritization and actually what order we should do things in. So we had to put them in the order we do them in, but then also complete as much as we could. And I think, although I was a paralegal, this exercise definitely didn't go perfectly for me. I thought it was one of those things, you know, I've been a paralegal for a couple of years. I thought I would almost kind of like breeze through it, but it, that wasn't the case sort of like a tool. I don't think anyone ever goes into something and like breezes through exactly how they thought they would. But I I'm just kind of thinking about a couple of things that went wrong for me so that I could share for you. And I think probably the biggest tip I would say is actually that attention to detail and 
actually reading the instructions. So one thing that I did wrong was, I can't remember exactly what it was for, but there was something that seemed really urgent. And if we, if I didn't do it that day, or like hypothetically do it that day, then the firm would have got fined. But it, what it turns out is that it wasn't actually that urgent because we'd already missed the deadline. So obviously all this is hypothetical because it was just a task, but we'd actually missed the deadline. And so the firm had already been fined for whatever they should have submitted. I, I can't remember if it was like a court document or a land register document. I just can't remember, but it was something along those lines. And so actually, because we'd already been fined, an extra day or two wouldn't have mattered. So that probably wouldn't was no longer at the top of the priority list. There was something more urgent. I can't remember if it was like a deal was closing that day or you know we had to get a response to a client that day I can't remember I just as I said guys it was quite a while ago but yeah so I think that for me would be sort of like my biggest tip is to actually really read everything and just take a second to actually make sure it is the highest priority and another tip of mine would be don't just do things because especially if you've got the task to do and you're not sure how to do everything don't just do things because it's the easiest thing to do. So I don't know if you guys have heard this phrase before, but it's, well, we actually got taught it at work where the job that I work in now is to eat the frog. So the whole point of, have you heard of this Gabrielle? Never in my life have I heard this. The only thing that I can imagine it stands for is to go on holiday to France and eat some frog's legs. Yum, yum. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that guys. Oh. Shock horror. Disappointed. <laughs> Okay, what is it? <laughs> okay, so eat the frog is basically like just do that task you've been putting off first thing in the morning. So I don't know if anyone's sort of like had things before, like if you are a paralegal or something and you've got your task list, there's always one thing on that task list that you're just putting off that you don't want to do either because it's really hard or it's boring or, you know, you just don't want to do it. So the whole point, and you can Google this, there's like a whole methodology on it, whatever the word is, but it is, it's like doing that like hardest task and just getting it off your list so don't ignore like say for example if your eat the frog is actually the biggest the highest priority in your assessment center intray exercise don't leave that just because you don't like it does that make sense am i making any it makes sense like just kind of do it and get it over and done with 100 percent. yeah that is essentially what i'm saying through eat the frog and just just guys just get on with it make sure you get as much as you can done but also accurately don't just whiz through everything but with a lack of attention to detail because they are going to be looking at what you've done as well gabrielle do you have anything to add uh, yeah actually quite a few bits to be fair from what you've said which i can relate to so much so firstly just to kind of explain our written intra exercise that we did was a bit similar to yours actually but we had a few bits that were a bit bizarre so the virtual one was just more simple like here's all your tasks and you know try get them done but to explain what could come up is in the first one that I did we almost got given a stack of documents um but on the front of it was a post-it note from the PA saying like your boyfriend or girlfriend wants to know if you can come for dinner tonight and let them know like you need to email them let them know if you can go and if you're free so you then had to almost, you turned the page over and you had all these tasks to do that, again, you had to prioritize, you know, but also do them. Like you had to do them and try and finish them as best as you could. And then once you'd done them, you then emailed, you know, your boyfriend, girlfriend and told them, but there was little bits that could come up. For example, there was one that came up saying, oh, Sharon's emailed. She wants to know if you can celebrate her birthday tonight. You know, Sharon was someone from work and the whole of work are going for dinner and drinks. So you almost had to like reply and say what you could do as well. So in the end, I think I rushed through, I did all the you know, all the tasks. And in my email at the end, I kind of had to emphasize, I was like, hey boyfriend, like I finished all my work and we can go <laughs> like, and like we could, we can go for drinks tonight um, and dinner. However, like we're gonna call in at Sharon's drinks on the way. So that's at six and then we'll go for dinner at seven, like blah, blah, blah. And you almost had to like finish and round off the whole like task by doing that. But a lot of people didn't get to that because they hadn't finished the task. So it was kind of like, although it's a bizarre like thing to do, it was just to kind of show that you'd done everything but again this is massively what Lauren said is I probably rushed through them and missed so much attention to detail like I had a question in that first assessment centre that said um, out of all these scenarios what are you most likely to do and what are you least likely to do and I just missed out I read most likely and I just got on with it and I completely did not read the least likely so I was circling all these different things and then in my feedback they were like well we didn't know what you were circling like was that most likely or least likely 
And I just absolutely kicked myself because I could easily have picked the least likely, you know, that was so easy to do, but I just completely misread it. So definitely, you know, try get as many tasks done as you can, but don't rush them for the sake of it. Because one huge thing with written exercises is that one thing with written exercises is that there is a time constraint and it's to the point that they know you won't get the tasks done. Like it's meant to have that pressure element where you can't finish them. So if you don't finish them, do not worry. That doesn't mean you're not going to get that training contract. They'd rather you do the task that you are doing really, really well and then not have time to finish them all as opposed to the other way around, like what I did and finished them all, but, you know, didn't really do very well. And then kind of following on another tip from Lauren's, you know, eat the frog, yum, yum, um, is that I would also say prioritize what you're good at as well, because for example, in our written exercises, one of the tasks was about 10 questions on maths. And I know I'm weird, but I absolutely love maths. Like I'm just, I'm obsessed with it. I just really enjoy doing like equations and just anything to do with maths. I love it. I absolutely so... cannot relate. <laughs> at all. Um, do you know what? I think most people can't relate. I think I'm the odd one out, but Anyway, like I just loved it. So I would always do that first, like in both assessment centres, that's what I did. I always got great marks on, on the math side of it. So that's kind of what I knew my strength was and I would do that straight away. But you know, if your strength is drafting or your strength is reading an email and picking out the grammar and the spelling errors and you know the punctuation all of that then go for that first there's so many different aspects that you can pick that you know depending on the prioritization level of how they've described to you what the task is and the deadline you know but you can kind of mix it up a bit but just do what you are best at there's no point wasting time on a task that you know you cannot do and i guess another thing is now just kind of tips on things to look out for is as lauren said with the deadline kind of mishap that she read is do look at the beginning of the documents if there's a date so for example they could do a little monologue and say to you you know today's date is actually the 19th of january 2025 like they and then they could incorporate dates within the questions and if you've not read that first day you might not know you know where you are and where you stand with it what financial year like there could be various questions that relate to dates that if you've not read that first nugget of information you could fall down so that's one thing to look out for and another thing is me and Lauren always say this is that assessment centers can really differ for example now as you hear like Lauren didn't do a presentation but my one did have that involved like they can be so different and in my written exercises we had a few questions that really threw me um you know like you had to get a partner a drink and coffee and tea or whatnot and I put that in my first assessment center at the very bottom of the priority list because in my head I thought surely that's not a priority like it's just a drink but actually that was further up than I you know I thought because partners are insanely busy you know they have a lot of work to do and if they say to you quickly oh why you go to the kitchen can I just get a coffee you know make them a coffee you, you don't say no to that and you know as a trainee yes you're not just a coffee and tea runner but that is sometimes part of the job to allow the team to you know get on with work quickly if you're not as busy but they are pressed for time that's something that you can help out with so do be aware that there can be some really obscure questions that you're not sure of but there are obviously the normal questions that you will expect you know the drafting the errors things like that but yeah disclaimer if even in my second assessment center um i did not finish all the tasks and i reckon the written task probably was my worst bit of the day i was so happy with how everything else went apart from the written exercise and i thought oh god like i've really ruined it for myself like that's the one my one downfall like that i made like so annoyed but my feedback wasn't you know awful like yes it was probably the worst bit of the day my other things were graded a lot higher but it didn't stop me getting the tc because i still did some really good things in that written exercise and although i didn't finish it the stuff i did do was really good so you know just go into it do what you can don't rush and you know all you can do is your best in that situation definitely i think that's a really important point to highlight actually that yes both me and gabrielle actually had a fair bit of paralegal experience but we we both didn't necessarily ace those intro exercises. So if you've got an assessment center coming up and you don't have that paralegal experience, don't let that worry you. 
because the firm will be accounting for that. You don't have to get it all right, as we mentioned before. And I think I just one final, final thing I just thought of while you were speaking, Gabrielle, was actually when you are prioritizing, think of things like that if you don't have enough time to get everything done, what really doesn't need doing that day? So for example, a really small admin task or some filing or something. I think we had some of that in ours. And again, I think I actually just ended up doing it because it was something that I knew I could do quickly and was kind of like, oh, I'll just get it off my desk kind of thing. But actually, that was probably the lowest priority whatsoever because you could do that any day. Whereas, and you know, that's not really almost like a billable time. Whereas there were so many other tasks that were so much more urgent, but I just kind of did it because it was easy and I could. Does that make sense? Like I just just kind of leave those to the least priority. A hundred percent. Totally. I agree with that. And also on the paralegal point as well is we touched on this in a couple episodes back is that if you have been a paralegal and you do have that experience as well, or you work for the firm you're applying for, more pressure is put on you. Like you are, you know, there's so much more expectation. You're meant to know the firm more you're meant to be able to do some of these tasks a bit better than someone who hasn't got the experience so as Lauren said if you are sat there and you haven't got the experience or you haven't worked for the firm you're applying for do not worry because the expectations if anything will probably work in your favor because they know you haven't had that experience and that's absolutely fine like just do what you can do um and if you are sat there as a paralegal thinking oh gosh the the expectations are higher for me. Um, yes, they are higher, but because of your experience, the likelihood is that you might understand a certain task a bit better. Like at the end of the day, the recruiters account for it and they know. So don't stress too much. As we keep saying, go in and do what you can do. Me and Lauren were both paralegals and it didn't go as great for us as we had hoped, but we still got the TC. So we can't emphasize enough that whether it goes amazingly or not so great, not everything is lost. Okay. Like you still have everything to play for. Absolutely. So the final thing we're going to talk about, and again, I didn't have one, so um, I'm not going to add any tips, but Gabrielle just wanted to mention a few final things about group tasks because I mean, I, I know I didn't have one, but they are a, a very common sort of like element of an assessment center. Yeah. So I think group tasks, as you say, they are a huge thing. And I would say it's probably one of the main things that people do trip up on because as we touched on in the beginning, the competitive vibes in people really come out and it's not a good look at all. So my main top tips for a group task here would be work as a team. You know, if you are working together, you're making each other look better. You make yourself look better in turn. You know, don't go into that thinking it's all about me, me, me and I, I, I and I have this to say and I have that to say. Like, do not go in there and control the room. Do not go in there and talk over people. Don't go in there and just hear your own voice. Like this is, these are the worst things you could ever do in a group task situation. So one thing that can happen in group tasks, and this happened in my first assessment center, but not in my second, and that is roles. So sometimes you'll go in and they'll say, okay, we want someone to be the leader, the time recorder, the note taker, and someone to read out the instructions. You know, there can be all these different roles. Now, everyone, thinks the best thing to do is to jump and pick to be the leader because they think all eyes are on me and you know I can lead this task and I have so much to say and I'm amazing but actually if you can't be a leader and allow others to be heard and you know allow like a fair share of speakers th throughout the room and throughout the task do not be the leader like if anything again this comes down to pressure and expectation if you are the leader more is expected of you so if you don't think that you can really excel at that don't pick it the same with timekeeping if you can't really tell the time or you get distracted and you're not watching the clock don't be the timekeeper like just go to the best of your abilities and actually if that means not picking a role sometimes that is the best thing you can do because if you're not actually someone that has a role you can actually really focus on what you're saying, making sure you bring valuable stuff to the conversation. You know, you've not got something else to think about and you don't have to multitask between the two. You can just genuinely focus on the task itself. So one thing I would say with that is make sure that your voice is heard, okay, but only make sure that what you are saying is valuable, is useful and is helpful to the group. Do not speak in that task for the sake of speaking because the likelihood is the assessors will just think this is wasting time, like this is not part of the task this is not any conversation and this has been said before you know don't repeat what your teammate has just said you're welcome to encourage and emphasize and say oh yeah I love that point I totally agree or yes amazing and following on from that and add something new but do not repeat it because 
it's just a waste of time. Another thing as well that I would say is if you are sat in your group and you notice that someone is very quiet, they've not said a lot, they've been trying to speak but someone else in the team is speaking over them, then you know, encourage them. That is one thing that recruiters and assessors love to see. If you can sit there and say, oh Amy, like what what do you think about this? Like do you have any ideas that you want to input? Do you have anything that you want to say? You know, they will love that. Like a lot of the feedback I had that um, was in my assessment centers was that, yeah, you were really encouraging. That was really great. Like we love to see it. You've got people talking, you've got them involved. You know, even when someone is talking, if you can smile and nod and look like you're engaging, you're listening, you're agreeing, that's amazing. That will give you points because what happens in group tasks and well, this happened in mine is that every single person that was in the group task had their own assessor. So for example, when we were sat in the room, there was one person sat behind every candidate. So it did seem a bit intimidating. Um, and you can see them when they're writing down about you. And, you know, it's a little bit like, oh God, everything I'm saying, they are genuinely like latching onto. But that's the whole point of it is that you have your own assessor. Like they are literally listening to you. They don't care what anyone else has to say. So every movement that you make, they are watching. So, you know, do that nod, do that smile, really encourage people. I think it will absolutely work wonders for you. And also another tip is listen to the instructions. So for example, in my group task, um, in the virtual one, the question at the end was, well, let me go back and give some context. So when you have a group task, you're normally given a situation or a scenario. Um, again, it doesn't have to be about law. I think my first assessment centre was about we were trying to pick what client we wanted to take on and we had to pitch like why each client. But then 15 minutes into the group task, the scenario changes and someone from the firm will come in and say, right, you've now picked this client, scenario's changed, this is what you've got to discuss, go. And this happened in the virtual one, like things will just change and you've got to be ready for a scenario changing or to answer a new question or just something like a spanner in the works that comes up. So that does happen and you just have to be ready for that change. So yeah, firstly, in terms of the topic itself, don't be worried. You will be given documents to prep for whatever the group task is about. Rarely about law. My second one was about um, a cafe and trying to decide what grant they would use from the government. And we had different reasons as to what the grant was for and why and the aims of the business. And, you know, it was more about a business itself. It wasn't really anything to do with law. So just anyway, yeah, based on the topic, it can be about anything. So just expect the unexpected. But then secondly, in terms of the instructions changing and having a spanner in the works, at the very end of my virtual one, someone from the firm came in and they said, right, we would like one person to now summarise the decision you've made, why you've made that decision, and just, you know, kind of just give an overview about everything you've discussed today. And, you know, my team, can I just say, in my assessment centre, my team were amazing. I absolutely loved them. There was four of us and we just worked really well together. We let everyone talk. There was no one that was overpowering. And in our feedback, we were told like, yeah, you worked really well as a team. So when this scenario came up, it was brilliant. I think one of us said oh you know Charlotte would you like to go ahead and you know summarize and she did amazing she summarized she said everything and the group task ended however we heard about another team that you know someone summarized and then someone else from the team jumped in and said oh yeah and we spoke about this and added this and then someone else jumped in and said oh yeah and actually we decided this in the end because of this and it's like okay right I get that everyone wants to have their voice heard but that you've all just completely misread the instruction and now you've all gone against the task and none of you look good now. Like you've, you have made everyone look bad just for wanting your voice to be heard again. So, you know, it's not worth it. If someone else gets to the punch before you do and start summarizing, let them summarize. As I keep saying, nod, smile, show that you're encouraging them, but don't say a word because it will not make you look good. It looks like you can't follow instructions. You then have made the, the team look bad and it's just not worth it. Like not everything in a group task is about your voice being heard is all I have to say. And again, that's unfortunately this competitive vibe that people have and it does not work in your favor. Recruiters don't like it. And yeah, that's just kind of my main top tips is you need to have a balance of speaking, but also listening. And hopefully these tips will help you do that. It is one of those things that is hard. And on the day, it can be so dependent on who you get thrown into a group with because Unfortunately, if you are thrown into a group with someone that is very overpowering, it can be very difficult to, you know, allow yourself to be heard and others, but almost, you know, everyone will gauge who the overpowering person is. It's very obvious when it happens. Um, and if that does happen, you know, try and work with the rest of your team in the sense of, you know, if you manage to start talking 
or if one of you starts talking, finish off that sentence with, oh, you know, Charlotte, what do you have to say? Or, you know, oh, Amy, what do you have to say? I think you can find out the names of people and have them and just, you know, luckily with virtual, we had the names on the screen or, you know, in the actual in-person one, you had a name tag like in front of you. So, you know, if you can be like, oh, Ben, what did you think? Or come on, Josh, like what, what, what do you have to say? You know, if you can finish off your sentence and bring someone else in that isn't the overpowering person, you'll be looked at as I've said before, encouraging, you'll be looked at that you've managed to say something and it kind of, you know, mutes that overpowering person just a little bit for a second. And hopefully it just makes them show that yes, other people need to talk. Yeah. So I'd say just a massive good luck on it again with the group task. It is all just down to the day, unfortunately, but don't stress, do what you can. And yeah, as we keep saying, focus on yourself. Don't allow those competitive vibes to come through because it's just not worth it. I really hope you found this episode useful, guys. I feel like we've kind of really gone into depth with this one um, in terms of our advice and where we would have done things differently and sort of like the hints and tips we've learned along the way. So please let us know if you think it was a worthwhile episode. Definitely. And also, as we do keep saying, is that remember all assessment centres can be different and set up in various ways, um, but they all are assessing the same qualities and competencies. So yeah, we really hope that these tips have you know helped you. One thing that we do now just want to add on to the end because we just want to make you guys aware is that this is our penultimate episode um, of season one so you might be thinking where are you going why are you leaving what are you doing um we are actually have always said that we'll do eight episodes you know eight weeks for season one and then we'll be taking a short break over summer to record with all of our guests that we've got planned you know we've got some very exciting ones planned I can't wait to share with you we'll probably talk more about that in next week's final episode um but yeah we're going to be recording all of that over summer so that season two is ready to go with all of the guest episodes we're just yeah super excited for that one but yeah we just wanted to give you that little heads up so you don't listen to next week's and think oh my god where are they going um so yeah that's the plan in terms of that but we really hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and yeah we'll see you in next week's finale even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.